Now, I believe last time we promised something about the topic of boredom. Let's see if we still got ideas on what exactly we wanted to talk about. What yeah, what was the thing? Already. What was the thing leading up to it? No, because it was it was Bernardo saying uh, earlier during his childhood he felt like there was an unlimited time to do stuff. But I felt that there was conversely a lot of boredom within my childhood. Because I think one of the things that just stands out to me was I feel like I spent so many afternoons going through TV channels and finding that there was like nothing, just absolutely nothing interesting on them. Or even worse, rewatching something that you didn't like the first time because it's the only thing on that's like mildly palatable. <laughs> I feel like um, those are like sick days, you know, when you, you can't go to school, your, your parents have gone to work and there's nothing on TV. Got shitty daytime TV programs. <laughs> yeah, reruns of the Sweet Life of Zack and Cody, forever. <laughs> yeah, I mean episodic uh, stuff you can get away with, but you know Avatar: The Last Airbender. I never saw the finale because they kept playing like first part, then the third part, and then the first <laughs> part again. Yeah, I, I remember playing Monopoly by myself. Like I'd play both parts. And I'd, wait. I'd wait for around halfway through before I decided which one was really me. Oh, which one you wanted to win, right? Well, so, sometimes I still lost, which is really annoying. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, I'd usually then go ask my parents when I could have a baby brother or sister after those after those ones. Oh my god, the the library, I found out like the library had, um, what was it called? It was like Dungeon Master or whatever. They're like the game books where it was like you make your character and then turn left, turn to page 85, to turn right, turn to page 23. But I would always like, you know, stick my fingers into the previous pages so that if I died, I would be able to turn back and like choose <laughs> the other option. Yes. Yes. The, goose, the Goosebump books. There was a Goosebump series as well that did that. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And some of them, I just couldn't figure them out. So I'd read the book, like all of it. And then I'd find like an, I'd find like an ending that I liked. And then I'd have to like go back and try to go back. Way back. <laughs> but I just remembered like drawing diagrams and drawing like huge flowcharts on A3 pieces of paper, which I didn't have, but I would tape together two A4 pieces of paper. So I could just like hold it. Oh, and also mazes. Did you guys draw mazes? Yes. Yeah, as a kid. Yeah. Not I mazes. Drawing mazes is so much fun. So what you can do with mazes, right, is if you can, if you have a bunch of pieces of paper and you've got a bunch of friends, you can do this if you don't have a bunch of friends as well. I, mm. I, did, I, I had one guy I draw mazes with. You can say, okay, my maze is going to start here and end here. This one's going to start here and end here. This one's going to start here and end here. And then everyone can go away and you can draw an individual maze on each piece of paper and then you can tape them all together and you can make one massive maze. Oh. Yeah. That, that's smart. I, I think the overlapping thing here is like, for all of this stuff, I'm pretty sure we all did because we were bored and that sort of motivated us to try and figure out something to stave off the boredom. And I guess the, the, the thing in comparison now would be, uh, you know, everyone has ready access to phones and stuff. So there probably isn't that much boredom nowadays. Yeah. Do you agree with that? Definitely. Uh, I do feel bored still, even when I'm on my phone, just browsing endlessly. 
but I feel like it, it hits a, a certain level where I'm not bored enough where you know it's bothering me like it just keeps me just entertained enough where I can spend my time with it but I, I it's not like a good boredom, feeling boredom is like an active almost an active thing you're feeling but it's almost like you're feeling bored like with your whole body and you're like oh I'm so bored but when I'm checking out of existence on a phone I'm that's like oblivion that's like a lack of anything exactly like it's, it's it's almost it's almost the opposite of of something like boredom because I'm not even feeling there I'm just like deleting hours from my life by you know checking into oblivion for a bit whereas being this feeling of being boredom was like I'm so intensely aware of my own existence it is killing me like it's the opposite almost I'd argue do you think so I mean to a certain extent you 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 are just getting entertained though it is like an enjoyable experience. I mean, if it's just in the moment and you're not thinking about, oh, I'm wasting time, then it is sort of a case of, well, let's say you're like queuing up or something, you know, in the past you would just have to queue up and then you would actually experience boredom because there's literally nothing to do as you wait. But yeah. if you have your phone, you know, you can watch a YouTube video or something like that. And then that is a reprieve from the boredom. So in that sense, it's isn't it doing something functional? I was saying something functional, but I, I think I was um, responding to what Dan said. That he said he still felt bored. And I don't think it's possible to really feel bored in that same way if you're if you're doing something. Um, but yeah, I, th yeah, I think you're probably right, and that's why we always take our phones out to just avoid acknowledging our own existence. Because I think that, I think that's what boredom is: is yeah. you just being intensely aware that you're like a bag of flesh and a conscience. The lights are on, and you don't really know what to do about it. Um, just looking for something to distract yourself from that. Well, I put it to you then, Daniel. Do you think? Do you still get that small degree of boredom if you're, uh, if you have to do something that's unavoidable that would cause you boredom otherwise? For example, waiting in a queue, but also, in, you know, in any case where you don't really want to be there, so you would like to check out. Wait, what exactly is the question here? Like, because <laughs> you're saying that when you're sort of engaging with your phone there's still yeah. a small degree of boredom but is that yeah. still the case if you're doing it to escape from a grander boredom I suppose I think it's what I was talking about is when I'm browsing I'm still aware sometimes I can't fully check out so I'm still aware or self-conscious of me sitting or laying my bed and scrolling you kind of get that out of body experience and then I'm like yeah I'm trying to check out fresh you know I'm trying to sit there and uh, enter oblivion but that's not happening and I think that's the worst feeling is when um, I actually the kind of boredom when you're sitting in a queue where there isn't it because you're doing an activity you just have to you just got this moment of reprieve I I find it's very different it's it's almost kind of nice you feel a little bit more human. Oh, you you enjoy the the experience of waiting in a queue. Uh, <laughs> it that really is. depends. It, yeah, if I'm like queuing up for you know groceries, that's nice because I get it, I feel like it, it gives me a little second to kind of look around and. Ooh. Uh, you know, you get small habits such as people watching. Yeah. But um, it's, a, it's a busy day. It's nice to yeah, get. You said the word reprieve, right? Get nice catch a break every now and then. Exactly. Um, I will admit though, if you have to wait, 
you know, you, <laughs> if you go into like the doctor's office and you have to wait 25 minutes in the waiting lounge, that does get a little frustrating. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, it's a different sense of boredom, really. Different sense of boredom. Interesting. Do you think that kids nowadays are disadvantaged because they never feel boredom? <laughs> it's a weird thing to say. I, I don't know, really. People talk about this a lot. Oh, they talk about it a lot. Aren't there like loads? Yeah, there's like loads of videos about how people don't get bored enough or how it's be getting bored, bored is good for you nowadays. But what, what kind of people are saying that? Uh, science science YouTubers. Science YouTubers. Yeah. Making clickbait videos. I mean, the the thing everyone always cites is like, oh, the plague hits England, and a young you know Sir Isaac Newton, well not yet Sir, a young Isaac Newton is sent home to his country house, yeah wherever, and Grantham, I don't know where his country house is, and then he's so bored he starts poking his eyes out and he like discovers the properties of light and then he's so bored he invents the cat flap and then he's so bored he like oh casually invents like calculus or whatever and <laughs> codifies physical laws in mathematics uh, people all love to bring that one up um but, like it's a time for your mind to wonder and for you to yeah there's uh, one where discoveries i don't know how credible this is there's one where einstein like people say like einstein goes fish like his hobby's fishing and he just like he just goes fishing and then he gets intensely bored on his fishing boat and that's how it like that like helps him in his like somehow with his scientific method or something okay but but surely they're like purposefully engaging in like zoning out and like activating diffuse thinking or whatever rather than i think boredom is something more involuntary you don't I think, think that's boredom? Yeah, I say... think if you if you deliberately like, oh, I'm going to try and induce boredom in yourself, then we start. Is that almost similar to like meditation in a sense? Well, I don't know if you. I don't know if you're trying to induce boredom. I I can see it more like you know. Oh, I'm just I've just scheduled the next two three hours free. I'm just not going to do anything, and then you become bored as a result of that, right? You don't say, oh, BRB, I'm going to get bored. <laughs> Oh, but in your in your example of like Einstein, he he is doing the act of fishing and then sort of zoning out so he can get new ideas, right? Yeah, I I guess that yeah that, that does seem to be the point of, or that's that's what I would, you know. Oh, maybe we should establish like w whether like boredom is uncomfortable or not. Don't you think that's a requirement of boredom? That oh, is, yeah. it's like it it makes you want to do something else, anything else, just so you're not bored. But then if you actively, if you're choosing to be bored, then you're missing that part, right? And then, then I you're think maybe you're participating in something else. Yeah, then you're just zoning out. Okay, yeah, sure. I can see that. So you have to be, like, uncomfortable to be bored. People go on, like, retreats where they purposefully don't speak for 30 days and just do nothing. Like, I, I think you can self-inflict things you don't want on yourself you can self-inflict pain on yourself why not psychological pain like i i think that's probably boring as hell just having to sit around not speaking for 30 days uh, but isn't um, the but isn't the act of like uh you know the, the the spiritual detachment um um the the emptying of the mind that is meditation and i think that's I mean, separate yeah. to boredom in a sense 
Because like usually when you hear people's like self-inflicting this kind of stuff, it is for like spiritual purposes or like self-improvement. And then I don't think that's quite the same as being bored. Yeah, but I bet. I bet there's time between, I mean, meditation is like an active thing, right? I bet there's time between your meditative sessions where you're just pretty bored. I, I think I'd be bored. I mean, I, mean I, I, yeah, I, I give it to you. Like, fine, go on a 30-day uh, non-talking retreat and don't be bored. Like, if, if you can do that, then I guess I'll take your point. But I think at some point, there's got to be boredom in that experience. Can you talk to yourself? Does that count? I think you can't make like an actual sound. Like you can't uh, make noises. Okay, that's a that's that's a different story. That's that one's tough now. <laughs> but that's like that's like training for monkhood stuff, isn't it? Like Buddhism, yeah. release all ethers, earthly attachments. You know. You're either a monk or a Silicon Valley CEO. Those are the two options. <laughs> <laughs> so what is it? What is it? You'd like to see boredom eradicated? Jitong is 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 that like? Like, in an ideal world, is there no boredom? Well, I don't know. I think that's the discussion piece now, because we sort of are in a world where boredom, for the most part, in the way that I recognize it during my childhood, has been eradicated. Like, how yeah, I wouldn't yeah. have liked to, you know, have an iPhone so I can scroll Reddit when I'm waiting three hours for my doctor's appointment or something, you know? I mean, is that a good thing? Mm. I, I feel like that's it has something to do with... I feel like it has something to do with how everyone has, like, less attention span now. <laughs> <laughs> An overstimulation. I mean, the you have that sort of infamous experiment of people sat in a room with nothing, and all you have is a button, and if you press it, it shocks you. And people will just shock press themselves. the button and shock themselves to feel something and avoid yeah. being bored. I guess is the pop culture way of reading that experiment, which I don't even know if it holds up. But I think one of the I mean, conclusions I... was that people would rather inflict pain upon themselves than do nothing. Uh, yeah. Then I guess you could extrapolate that to experience of boredom, but I, I mean we can we can you know break down pros and cons you know in our current world where kids aren't bored that much anymore. What are the pros and cons? I mean, big pro I see is that you're not experiencing boredom anymore. You get to but, be doing but something. But how is that a pro? Why are you saying that's a pro? Because I think like in a certain sense, being bored is painful, and so to entertain yourself is an escape from that pain. Yeah, but is that pain bad? Mm, is that pain bad? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is an uncomfortable bad. feeling. Yeah, but yeah, it, to go it, through. it's like it's uncomfortable, but like, I mean, fuck man, some things are gonna be uncomfortable, right? Is this one, you know, is this one like... But there's, there's, it's uncomfortability, <laughs> yeah, it's uncomfortable and there seems to be no, you know, goal. Sure, if you go training, oh, it's uncomfortable right. in the moment, but you know, it, it, it yeah. pays dividends. What, what are the benefits to the boredom? Because we saw in Bernardo's yeah. instance, you could make the you know the argument that hey, there's some creative output. They started drawing mazes, and that's something fun and interesting, you know, to do. Well, I can, I can give you the argument. Being bored is is <laughs> preparing yourself because you're not you're gonna be bored at some point in your life, right? If you keep saying well, I don't want to, no, you're bored. not. No, you're not. If you've always got a charged phone. Yeah, but I, even, even, are, you, are you sure? Even with a charged phone, there's, you're never going to get well, bored? Well, uh, let's brainstorm some cases where you can still be bored in today's world with a charged phone. Okay, when were you guys last bored? Uh, can we establish that? Can you remember <laughs> the last time you were properly bored? Yeah. Yeah. Literally right now. 
Uh, uh, pull out that phone, boy. <laughs> See, that's the thing. I was going to mention this. I like. I don't because you say like you pull out the phone when you're bored, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I'd say I more pull out the phone when I get impatient. I, I mean, like you know when you just whip out your phone to like go scroll. Okay, but scrolling. isn't impatience the, the one step before boredom? Because like my examples of boredom were waiting in the queue, which you can't right. avoid. Which so... then means I actually never get bored. I'm just always the step right before, right? Yeah, because you've pulled out your phone, right? Yeah. Mm. I mean, I try not to. I I genuinely try to be a bit bored sometimes. Like the the example that always happens, the thing that always happens is you're you're on a date or you're at a restaurant with someone and they go to the bathroom. I usually make a point to not not put out my phone. Is this a recent so I, I'm, thing? I'm bored quite often because it's been recent for me. I try to do the same now. Yeah. No, I've, I've been doing it for a while, but it's. I think it's it's nice. I mean, it's it's weirdly meditative. So I don't know what Jatong would think about that. But. I honestly, I think you know, like referring to the experiment of like touching the button to feel it, I inflict pain. It's just a a form of st- staying grounded. I feel like us apes, we just we need to make sure that we still have both feet on the ground, and by yeah. we do that by moving, by doing things, by interaction. If we just stop. <laughs> You know, it feels like we're gliding. So we need that feedback loop to continue. Therefore, you're going to start chopping your fingers off rather than doing nothing. <laughs> okay, how how bored have you been lately? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I only have one finger left, so uh, I guess pretty bored. <laughs> but those are very mo- like momentary, um, because my last boredom that I can think of was probably the other night we were out drinking with a few friends and I don't know what happened like people moved around I was with people I wasn't didn't quite know and didn't quite care for and a bit like what you said I, I try not to just pull up you know whip out the phone and look on that trying to be social but I wasn't really being very interactive so I just kind of sat there a little weird like you felt because, boredom in that in that instance. Yeah, a little but, boredom. Uh, here's the thing. I think like boredom, like we're we're talking like the positives is that it is a motivating factor. Like you you do anything to not be bored, and when that gives good output, like oh it makes you do something courageous or oh it makes you try something new, then that is quite a good use of boredom. But I think there's a lot of cases that we probably you know have forgotten where we were just intensely bored and we never did anything with it so that's just a period of great discomfort for no gain and then is there any least... better i would agree is there any worse or better than like fleeting entertainment that is similarly not impacting you don't say i mean you, i don't start getting to the point of like does anything ever matter anyway like see i i think like it <laughs> would be quite nice so you you don't have to you know deal with that in the moment like oh yeah why not pull out your phone look at some instagram clips some youtube shorts in that case yeah i mean because you're you're wasting a potential opportunity to be inspired to do something else i don't know i mean yeah i splitting hairs here I certainly think if I do have kids, I will try and manufacture periods of time in which they're bored. Once in a while is fine, right? It's just like, don't like, <laughs> again, it's just like, don't do it 
all the time, right? Don't be on your phone all the time. No, but it's, it's the Pandora's the box equation, right? Because nowadays you have like, you know, young kids have phones nowadays. Uh, and so... Not, not my kids. I'm going to sensorily deprive my kids. <laughs> and every time, every the box is going to have movable walls. And every time they act up, I'm going to crank a handle slightly so the walls get slightly more compressed together. That'll teach them. <laughs> The lock is like the Enigma code, which changes every was it every day or something every week. Yeah. Oh, it'd be fascinating to see how that turns out. I think the problem so is clever. that everybody has a phone, though. So, like, even if you restrict your own kids' phones, they'll just be staring jealously, full of envy at the other kids enjoying. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Time. Well, they have to be bored. <laughs> exactly. It's more like yeah, precisely. Yeah, uh, that's. I don't. I don't want them to cover it. I want them to be bored. <laughs> 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 Come on, kid! Think of the mazes you'll draw. Hey, Bernardo Jr., Even why don't you? Why don't you have a phone, Bernardo Jr.? <laughs> oh, my dad wants me to be bored. <laughs> Back in my day, we drew mazes, played Monopoly with ourselves. <laughs> oh my god, the cycle okay, continues. Son. <laughs> okay, son. You know, here are sixty-four pieces of A4 paper. <laughs> I'll be back at the end of the week. I expect one maze. Here, here's, a, out. here's a flow chart. Now build your own adventure. Oh, man. Yeah. Were there any topics that you guys wanted to bring up for this week? Yeah. Yeah, I had one. Oh, I've exciting. got a big one. Yeah, big one. So, um, last, last episode, Jatong was giving us advice. Uh, and right. I was thinking, you know, Jatong's given us advice, but you know, Jatong's Jatong hasn't lived that long. Like, you know, what advice could Jatong possibly be giving us? He's like, what, like twelve or something? Yeah, you got me there. Conscious, conscious life. The ones before that really care. Um, so, what I did is I went looking for the oldest piece of advice I could find, and I found an ancient uh, Sumerian text. Called the instructions of Shurupag, <laughs> um, which are like one of the first pieces of writing we have from like 2500 BC, and they're uh, they're an example of ancient Mesopotamian wisdom literature, which is apparently a thing. Like apparently, like people would write down lists of advice. Like that's just been going on forever. Um, yeah, so I thought it'd be funny to uh, to go through some of them. All right, Let's see, see if they're still relevant. Let's see if there's right. any good ones that we can still use nowadays. Yeah, can we count famous. this? Can we count this as fan mail from Shurapug? Or <laughs> yeah, maybe. Anyway, go on. Um, so, um, okay. So, context is Shurup. Like in ancient Mesopotamia, sort of gods and cities were slightly interchangeable, and every god would have a city, and every city would have a god. So Shurapug is a place, sort of somewhere in modern-day Iraq. And also a god, like it's god. Uh-huh. Okay, so here's the here's the introduction to it. So sort of cast your mind, pretend you're an uh, ancient Mesopotamian uh, <laughs> person, you know, cradled by the Tigris and the Euphrates River and the harsh suns of southern Sumer. Oh yeah, oh yeah, okay. yeah. You're there. You're you're there. You're there. Yeah, I'm feeling it. Yeah. All right. I see the in weird, those yeah. days. Excuse me. I'm uh, I'm trying to read to you an ancient text. <laughs> in those days. In those far remote days, in those nights, in those faraway nights, 
in those years, in those far remote years. At that time, the wise one who knew how to speak in elaborate words lived in the land. Shurapag, the wise one who knew how to speak with elaborate words, lived in the land. Shurapag gave instructions to his son. Shurapag, the son of Ubara Tutu, gave instructions to his son, Zi-Udsura. My son, let me give you instructions. You should pay attention. Zi-Udsura, let me speak a word to you. You should pay attention. Dude, did this guy get paid by the word or something? (laughs) Listen, come on, listen to this. Do not neglect my instructions. Do not transgress the words I speak. The instructions of an old man are precious. You should comply with them. Okay. Uh, This is boredom. End introduction, holy shit. There's the introduction. Are you ready? Are you ready for the oldest piece of advice I could find? Oh god, yeah. All right, you should not buy a donkey which brays. It will split your midriff. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, 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 sorry. Can you... Sorry, I interrupted you. Can you repeat that? Uh, In those days... In those far remote... Th- Wait, no, I'm going too far <laughs> oh, no, so, so, so. I, I know who's no, saying you... it. I know who's saying it. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, okay yeah. so... I uh, know, you should not buy a donkey which brays. It will split your midriff. Uh, is it, so, is yeah. that it? <laughs> that's, that's is this the, is this the first uh, piece of advice they have to give? That's the first piece of advice. That's the oldest piece of advice I could find. So I don't oh. really know what it means. Okay, but uh, joking aside, there's lots of practical advice, like... You should not locate a field on a road. You should not put a well in your field. People will cause damage on it. You should not place your house next to a public square. There's always a crowd there. There's lots of that kind of stuff. Oh, wow, yeah. There's lots of, like, just solid advice. Like, you should not speak improperly. It will lay a trap for you. Or, you should not travel during the night, for it can hide both good and evil. There's lots of that kind of stuff. There's lots of like incel adjacent language back in the day. You know that's timeless as well. <laughs> so th- this one's that. great. I want to hear. I want to hear your thoughts on this one. Um, you should not choose a wife during a festival. Her inside is illusory, and her outside is illusory. The silver on her is borrowed. The lapis lazuli on her is borrowed. The dress on her is borrowed. The linen garments on her is borrowed. Nothing is comparable. <laughs> that's a, like this is a real sigma advice. Of <laughs> yeah, that's like take a girl fish, take a girl swimming for a first date kind of advice. So Wait, what? Take a girl swimming kind of advice? Yeah, have you not heard this one? No, is it like to do? I, yeah, I, I don't know. What does that mean? Yeah, so the makeup washes off. And, you oh, know, the, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you get to see who, how they truly look like. Yeah, yeah, makeup, which is why I did this. <laughs> anyway, all right, yeah. Okay, For all, all our listeners to see. Okay, so here are, here are some actual lines that I, I think it would be interesting. So here's one I find genuinely interesting. You should not vouch for someone. That man will have a hold on you. And you yourself should not let someone vouch for you. That man will despise you. Oh, but I sent a message to my reference then. Not very. It doesn't sound like a very trustworthy society. Um, I mean, if this is like all oh, like you know a higher up figure giving out this advice, the wise man, and not just some random guy who got cheated two times and was like, yeah, let's, let's <laughs> not do it's that. It's the again. god. It's, it's the god giving me. The city itself is giving you this advice. 
you should not vouch for someone. Like, how do you how do you get anything done without vouching for people? Mm. Purely business transactions, I suppose, is what yeah, but, he's going for. But even business Too transactions money. are like trust based, right? Uh, yeah, you're like debt or something, right? You sure they must have had some kind of debt? I don't know. I mean, if I show up, you know, to a business transaction with you with like three henchmen, I don't think there's a lot of trust going around there. Well, well, the, well, yeah, it's the lack thereof. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Um, I mean, I mean, you know, the advice you've read us seems like pretty good advice for that day, right? Uh, for that uh, day, yeah, yeah, but yeah. but but you know, our our listeners are in the the modern age. Bernardo, is there is there any advice you think which would uh, measure up in the modern age, which would be pertinent to our listeners? Yes, nothing at all is to be valued, but life should be sweet. You should not serve things; things should serve you. That's good. That's good. I like that. Reject. I like the. I like the but life should be sweet because that's like you should be able to find some kind of happiness, some kind of sweetness without valuing sort of material possessions. Yeah, reject owning things or no, reject letting things own you. Oh, like that. Check me. Okay, yeah, sure. Oh. Um, without suburbs, a city has no center. Oh, that's a good one. Wow. I thought that was a really good one. Is that advice? <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't really know what to make of that one. It's, it's like a city like... planner. I mean, if, if it's the city giving this <laughs> advice kind of makes sense, I suppose. <laughs> oh, yeah. And by the way, guys, we should have some suburbs. <laughs> yeah, maybe it's for like some guy who wanted to... <laughs> yeah. Some guy who like, yeah, wanted to move right. out. I like this idea. Some... A city planner, you know, in ancient Mesopotamia, who just he just couldn't get laid, and he was angry at the women folk. Angry at the women. Uh, there's some proto-feminism in there as well. There's uh, the wet nurses in the women's quarters determine the fate of their lord. There's some proto-feminism for you. Yeah, women rule the world. But I like this idea of the city giving advice and slipping in like, you should have really fortified walls. By the way. <laughs> <laughs> Remember to bake your bricks twice so they don't crack during the heat. <laughs> we should add more roundabouts. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, I know yeah, this is really... good ancient Egyptian one, uh, which was... Oh yeah, go on. <clears throat> if, you, if you marry a party girl... Do not be upset that she wants to party. That's that's brilliant. Whoa. Huge. Should put that on your Tinder, dude. <laughs> Wait, I don't know what that would do actually. Never mind. <laughs> what kind of message does that send? <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. Never mind. You're never gonna get anything with that one. I think that's that's good because that's like don't don't expect people to change. Like expect people to be exactly who they sort of present themselves with uh, it's also great because it links the two great themes of this podcast advice and dating yeah seems to be uh, the recent change uh, is dating the theme <laughs> shit dude yeah. it, it was when we were you know valentine's day has passed though so we can drop that facade oh. into the bin and move on to our next thing uh, okay, how about this you should not pass judgment when you drink a beer 
Yeah, that's probably that's good advice. To mean. Is that? Oh, <laughs> like if you're if you're pissed, if you're drunk, don't judge things. Is that a conscious decision you can make? <laughs> think about I don't know, it. Man. Uh, when you're about to spit out some hot fire, think about what the city has told you and refrain. Uh, but I don't. I'm not that good of a drunk, so I just remember I, the city wants thick walls, <laughs> so I just go and <laughs> reinforce the walls. <laughs> I think you're really onto something with this city thing. <clears throat> this one. You should not beat a farmer's son. He has constructed your embankments and ditches. So, the city's like, don't beat the guy. He's <laughs> building the embankments. <laughs> He's the only one building any kind of infrastructure around it. Um, Oddly anyway, positive thought, spins thought... on all the construction workers. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, I, I thought that would be funny. Some of them were really weird. I've saved some of the weirder ones. Like, some of them just make absolutely no sense. Um, this one just perplexes me. Mm -hmm. Who works with leather will eventually work with his own leather. Mm. Who works I don't know what that leather. means. Like, is that, is that that he's going to start his own shop? Like it's profitable, you know. He starts working with, working with other people's leather, and then he ha he can make enough money to make his own shop and like, get like obtain his own leather. Okay, so you're seeing this as working with leather is profitable. Yeah. You should yeah. invest in leather. The, the city's saying there aren't enough leather workers, so we need a few more okay. of them. <laughs> Alternatively, it's commenting on the fact that leather workers eventually turn to serial killers because the joy of working with the skin of things is too much for them. <laughs> or it's saying that it's a yeah, dangerous I, I... profession. Like, you know, you know, like that expression, which is like as mad as a hatter. Right? Oh yeah, because it was like lined with lead or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe maybe leather working back in the day was so dangerous that <laughs> the last thing you're gonna work with is your own skin. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Maybe it was really rough on people's hands. Oh Yeah, maybe. Because you have to so cure the leather. But I don't know if the yeah. Sumerians did that. So there you go. Three interpretations. Please mail in to tell us which one you think it was. Yeah, and then whichever one gets voted in democratically, we will take to be gospel. You should not work using only your eyes. You will not multiply your possessions using only your mouth. I've got no idea what this guy's on about. And this is very like you know, you, you use your hands, be a productive member of society. Don't just sit there and you know blabber your mouth. I think oh. I think they had a workforce problem. Oh, yeah. These guys. Like, <laughs> Everyone was just ah, being yeah. lazy, just looking at things and talking. They were just, they were just enjoying the, the time in the those, sun, those drinking, passing judgment. They need to stop passing judgment. What is this? What is this? Hold on. What is the like, city of like un unfired bricks? Men who pick up women at only parties. Uh, only the farmer's boy is making infrastructure, and everyone is just watching them, watching them with their eyes. Wells on in the middle of fields. Yeah, well, here's the thing, G. How you hear about the Sumerians recently? No, no there's, a, there's a reason for that. But their advice is timeless. You should not buy an onager. It lasts only until the end of the day. Historical context: An onager is a species of Asiatic wild ass. Don't buy one, guys. Oh, this I is the second the... donkey-based advice that we're <laughs> receiving from the Sumerians. What? 
I thought he was talking about Onager, like the the catapult thing. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Like, What's that? It's like a, it's yeah, it's like a siege weapon. Yeah. yeah, it's it's a it's a piece of siege equipment. Oh, that oh, notoriously the... stops working at the end of the day. <laughs> at the end of the day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's powered by sunlight. <laughs> oh my god. An onager, a donkey will stop working at the end. What? It's just, it's an Asiatic wild ass. Which is incidentally what, uh, Jatong, that's what you're um, on, on my phone. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think we shouldn't take anyway. advice from like you know societies that have died out though. I think that's like my life motto. What? 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 This city, the city of Shurapag, was occupied from three thousand to two thousand BC. Yeah, and if their right. introductions to their advice weren't so long, maybe they would have lasted a bit longer. <laughs> uh, I was just trying to set the scene. <laughs> well, until you live, until you live in a city that's lasted for more than a thousand years, then. Uh... Which actually, I think you might, for all I know. If you go to Beijing, um, then you're good, you're good dude. Yeah, yeah. I mean... <laughs> anyway. uh, that was good. I think that's about. I think that's about all we can stomach on the ancient Sumerian advice. But I, I'll save. I'll save the list here, and I'll, I'll sprinkle some in, you know, in Wonderful. this and future episodes. Yeah. Wonderful. Can that can that become your shtick? Like every time we're having a normal discussion, you're just like, as Shirapak once said. <laughs> <laughs> You should not. You should not abuse a you. Otherwise, you will give birth to a daughter. <laughs> That'll be perfect, dude. There's nothing yeah. to do with the the discussion at hand, but damn, is it some advice? <laughs> oh yeah. my god. Well. Um, Daniel, are you feeling lucky today? Yes, I am. In fact. Okay. I need to pick a number between one and six. Six. Okay. Wait, sorry, six six is not between one and six. <laughs> yeah, he didn't define his boundaries clearly. <laughs> I was gonna say. Uh, pick a number between one and twenty-five. Twenty-one. Twenty-one. Okay. He did. He didn't make the mistake again. Uh, my question to you, in general, is there a public interest in publishing kiss and tell stories? <laughs> <laughs> what? what? Is there public interest in releasing in kiss and tell stories? Kiss and tell stories. <laughs> okay, can we talk what kiss and tell stories? Really yeah, are? let's let's pick another question. Let's pick another question. Uh, can you pick okay. another uh, another one from one 17. and twenty? Okay, seventeen. Should you always read the book first? Hmm. <laughs> Good question. No. Okay. Why? Life is too short to read books. <laughs> Just watch the movie. What if it's a series? That takes longer. Does it? Does it really? Wait, what What series are you reading? Um, hmm. I can't. Maybe Game of Thrones, actually. Yeah, Game of Thrones is like, what, 10 episodes per season? Yeah, it's yeah, like... Awesome. Notoriously, will take a fucking lifetime to read as well. I mean, yeah, <laughs> that. The, the ratio is probably not too dissimilar. I mean, if you want, if you're one of those snarky assholes that you know like to know things that happen beforehand and be one of those kind of people, then yes, 
read read the book. Ah, but that's not the main reason that people say you should read the books first. No, it, it's mainly that the adaptation is usually of a lower quality. Well, I mean, it's an adaptation, so it's going to be different. And if you are familiar with the original source, it's very difficult to accept the change. You ever watch something that's dubbed? You know, you hear the voices in one language and then in a different, and you try in another language because you've already associated the first, the dubbing sounds off or weird. So you have to go with it to begin with. Unless you really force your way through, but I wouldn't recommend that. Just just stick it to a lane. Mm, and you're saying that's similar to reading the book before watching the movie? Yes. <laughs> in a really poor way. Okay. What have, about... you ever, have you ever um, read a book ag- adaptation of a movie? Read a book adaptation of a movie. Uh... Tarantino does this. I think um, once upon a really? time in Hollywood, he, he wrote a novel. Which oh, is... oh my god. Okay, uh, I actually do have an example of this. So I, I watched uh, Sam Raimi's Spider-Man, like 1, 2, and 3. I loved that when I was younger. Yeah. I loved 3 so much that I bought the book adaptation of it. It's like a pretty thin book. Really? It's just, Ooh, But it's just the... a summary of like the movie plots. So it, it is literally inferior to the movie. <laughs> <laughs> One of the rare occasions where the book is inferior. Well, I... no, okay, but I would <laughs> yeah. I would argue in that case I would argue in that case the book is the original Spider Man series. Like fuck as I was gonna bring up like oh I don't know, Christopher Nolan's Batman is like oh really, really like revered as a really good movie. Um should you read the entirety of the original Batman comics before watching the Dark Knight trilogy? Mm, yeah, but I I'm thinking more in terms of like I think it's easier to put it in like one to one cases, you know? Because, like, Batman just spans a lot. Like, the, the, the Nolan films take inspiration from a whole wealth of things. But if we look at, like, Hunger Games yeah. or Harry Potter, those are book stories put into cinematic film. Mm. And for the record, I am very firmly on the idea that you should always read the books first. Um, because in most cases, I think they're done better. It's difficult because it's such an investment with a book. If you if you're gonna enjoy this or not, the last example I can think of was the Hunger Games, where I read the first book, uh, and maybe a bit of the second. I'm not hundred percent, but I'm I'm glad that I didn't continue because I wasn't really that much that interested in the you know the books or the series in book form. I'd much rather just continued it by watching the movies. So for you, it's like a time investment thing because like the books take so much longer to read. I'm also a terrible reader, so <laughs> the time thing isn't isn't to be scoffed at. Like I, I think this this is a false comparison. Like I'm just gonna I'm gonna push back on books are better than movies here. Like you, it's so different. Like a movie, you go in for one and a half hours, two hours, and then you're done. A book, like a book, will take like ten hours to read. Like, of course, there can be more character development and there can be more plots because it's it just takes longer. Like, you'd have to compare... Like, the amount of time it takes is important. shouldn't be, like, 
thrown away in the comparison. Because guess what? You can watch four movies in the time it takes you to read one book. Um, and also there are there are like there are aspects that of each that can't be don't have parallels in the other. Like there's like cinematography. You know, like a stat you couldn't really two thousand and one a space odyssey. Like that's a book originally, but like the reason why that movie is great isn't even really anything to do with the plot. It's the it's the cinematography and the the style and like most of that movie doesn't even have any dialogue. Like eighty eight minutes of just no speaking. They're just different art forms. Mm. Um, I think it depends very much on what you enjoy. I I, I don't like reading like action sequences. It's I don't get much enjoyment from them. Like uh, at least compared to a movie. Like good dialogue uh, and a good delivery of dialogue as well. I mean, there are some amazing quotes, um, you know, in in books, but a great delivery of a uh, of a quote is, uh, I think, is also on par, at least superior, maybe. Ah, but I I should note that the question is not wh which is better, but it is should you always read the book first, and I think in both cases, well. Time constraints notwithstanding, uh, the adaptational differences do lend a lot of flavor into your experience of the book and then the movie or TV series, especially if they're different. Right. Well, would you say so? Would you say someone should read two thousand and one: A Space Odyssey before watching it? Mm, I mean, broadly speaking, I would say so, but I'm not actually sure about the contents of the book because exactly. I've never read it. Well, there you go, yeah. Um, I think there's a whole bunch of extra stuff that just doesn't even appear in the movie. Because, again, that's not the point of the movie. Yeah, but, uh, again, but, that's like that's the differences within adaptation, right? The Hobbit, the book, so, to The Hobbit, the movie, is also a massively changed adaptation. So are you saying you should read the original first and then the adaptation later? And it just so happens that most of the time it goes book-movie. Is that what you're saying? I think I'm in agreement of this question uh, for reading the book first because usually it is much more enriching to have the dual experience of the book and the movie. Sometimes the movie is more enjoyable than the book, but it is nice to have that foundation because yeah, it's the original. What if you do it the other way around? But like it can be you can have the both experience if you watch the movie first. I mean, it sound like the a... It's not gonna look good on me, but sometimes when I read and there's a long book, I get, I get lost and confused what's actually happening, because I, yeah. you know, I get tired and I reread paragraphs on, like, constantly, especially with um, Blood Meridian. Like, there's a lot of guesswork in you know, and love is purposely held back, so you kind of have to infer what's going on. I I don't think Blood Meridian's a good example though, because notoriously that guy is a pain in the ass to read through. <laughs> yeah, but. Okay, for us poor readers out there, it can be difficult. So, it's, you know, having to watch the movie, you get a the overarching, you know, plot points, and then now you can read the book and fill in all the gaps and also and appreciate the character developments. And also, you said the book ten the book it tends to be better than the movie adaptation. So, if you watch the movie first, you and then you read the book, you won't be disappointed as as hard, right? Exactly, you can't be disappointed. So shouldn't you That's watch the movie first? That's a very good point. <laughs> if you're going, if you know that, it's, it's the movie adaptation isn't as good. Shouldn't you just watch it first and then be like, "Wow, this book's amazing." I mean, what's the success rate of movie adaptations after a book? 
Like, how often does it live up? <laughs> well, okay. I mean, okay, <laughs> broadly speaking, right? Let's one of the best rated. I mean, okay, top rated movie on IMDb right now is The Shawshank Redemption, which was adapted a from a short story. Um, yeah, Forrest Gump, Silence of the Lambs, you know, Fight Club. A lot of them were taken from books. Uh, I think Lord of the Rings was a big example just because J.R.R. Tolkien, like people that love the book series um, and people that love the movies can be quite different because the book series, like Tolkien was notoriously known for being a big world builder. So he just liked to spend some time to describe the landscape and stuff that's going on. Whereas the movies are a much more tightly put together thing. So right. in that case, it's not really, you know, a case of being better. But I think that it's nicer to read the book first just because you have the foundational sort of, yeah, like Bernardo said, the original, where also, it came if you, from. If you read the book first, you get a chance to develop your own imagery. Because mm. the movie defines it for you. Yeah. Uh, I did not think about that. That's a really common one. Um it's like if you read if you watch Harry Potter then when you read it all you can see is Daniel Radcliffe yeah <laughs> mm. okay maybe you have me convinced <laughs> but I'm still on the fence I'll be honest I see your point I see some valid arguments but the effort of having to read all the Harry Potter books before watching the movies it's just it's just too much <laughs> only, of them only the ones that you're gonna watch it just sounds like work. You're just telling me to do put some <laughs> extra effort into it. <laughs> okay, so, so how about this? If if your argument is like, the original one should be consumed first, which I don't know if it is the argument, but if it is, for a historical movie, say A Million Ways to Die in Hollywood or whatever, mm. like should you go read about Charles Manson or whatever for, for and read the history of it before going to watch the movie that was inspired by it? Mm, I don't know. Uh, this one's tricky because the whole, well, I mean the the whole point is you know your the people watching them will be familiar with the story and expecting the movie to end a certain way, which it doesn't. Mm -hmm. Um, spoilers. Spoilers. Trying to avoid. <laughs> but so then you you do get that extra, you know, tension to the movie by knowing. I didn't. I had to read afterwards. So, um, yeah. Should you go read about Roman chariot racing before watching Ben Hur or whatever? Like, or like read about gladiators before watching Spartacus? Like, I don't know. But that wasn't originally adapted from <laughs> gladiators. Full stop. <laughs> it was like adapted from stories and not a you know. It's not like I'm saying you know oh to enjoy Macbeth you have to read the original whatever Danish adaptation or something that Shakespeare borrowed from but I think from like a novel to a movie at least principally I believe that seems to be the optimal way of enjoying it and again I'm not saying that I always do this but I think you know in principle that's what I would advocate should you listen to an original before hearing the cover This one's a yes, right? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> you think so? I think so, but it's also a different category, I think. I mean, if we, for example, come back to the time constraints thing, listening to a song is only three minutes. Yeah. 
but sometimes the cover like Amy Winehouse's Valerie is so much better than whatever well, shitty song it covered like in principle well the, the point is Jitong your point is in principle you should mm. right but you yeah. can't but they're also yeah okay I, I, I don't always do it you know but in principle you should and again it's not a case of what is better but it is the perspective of knowing what the original is so that you can finer appreciate the difference alright well I uh I implore you all to listen to Bob Dylan's original version of Make You Feel My Love before listening to Adele's cover of it. That is, a, that is an auditory experience, let me tell you. <laughs> uh, Johnny Cash is Hurt? That was like a cover, right? But then it was, it was so good that the original artist just said, no, that's his song now. Really? Yeah. He did it better than I, than I could have ever done it. Sometimes it is just that way. I mean, we are getting quite a lot of pretty good movie adaptations as well. I think the recent adaptation of Dune was quite good, for example. Um, you know. What about movie remakes? Should you rewatch? Should you watch the original before watching the movie movie remake? Uh, uh, <laughs> as a movie lover, I think so. But uh, it probably comes back to that, the the time constraint thing, because some some movies you don't even know are remakes. Like I watched like the two thousand something Italian Job, and it was way later that I found out it was a remake of something from like the fifties. That was like a completely yeah. different vibe as well. I enjoyed one, but not the other. So you know, like like I think if you take it to its logical conclusion, we have to like consume all of human media in chronological order. Yeah, like starting with, yeah. I guess. Uh, I guess you should start with the instructions of Shurapag and sort of work your way up, <laughs> you know, through the Epic of Gilgamesh or whatever, and watch the first Italian job, then read The Godfather, and then watch The Godfather, and then watch the second Italian job. But then we like, it to... just it just it becomes nonsense, right? I mean, I mean that's the problem with Ulysses, right? You kind of have to have read everything that James Joyce has read in his lifetime to <laughs> formerly appreciate that book. Yeah. But then it becomes like a scholarly endeavor. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, you know, if you just want to, <laughs> if you're strapped for time and you just want to entertain yourself, there's no harm in just sitting down there watching a movie without reading. Hey the man, book. I just wanted to start a conversation with this cool uh, with this girl at a party, right? But Harry Potter. <laughs> but now, now I have to read the advice of Sherbach. <laughs> I love this idea. Like, imagine trying to live a life where every piece of media you consume must be more recent than the last one you consumed. Like, if you're reading an article and you accidentally scroll too far down, you can't scroll up again. You know? Like, you can't. Like, you're fucked. You gotta, if you if someone sends you a text and you read it, that's it. You can't read any of the world's literature like ever again. It's like trying not to look at billboards as you're crossing the street. You know. <laughs> What a life God. that would be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, I'm happy with that question. I think we got a discussion out of it. Any other parts we want to bring up, fellas? I didn't want to talk about chat, chat GPT, but I don't think we have time for that. Oh. <laughs> was it going to be, uh, can you condense what you wanted to say into four words? No, it was the... It was a discussion. <laughs> All right. Nice. <laughs> That's good. You can look forward to that for the next time. 
It'll be a discussion. It'll be a discussion. Okay, right. <laughs> I think we can do yeah. that. Sounds good. Uh, yeah. Bernardo. Let me leave you with the immortal words of Shurapug. Yeah, please give us the outro. You should not have sex with your slave girl. She will chew you up. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, this guy is a fucking pimp. My son, you should not use violence. You should not commit rape on someone's daughter. The courtyard will learn of it. Like, see, we, we like women. We, that's good. <laughs>